Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 6, entitled Sunset. Uh, this is another, in my opinion, landmark moment for Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, in a couple of ways that we'll probably have to talk more about in spoilers, but... I really like this episode a lot. What we talked about, like, last last episode was the official kickoff for kind of the new age of Breaking Bad with the Super Lab. Uh-huh. And I felt like this episode was underscoring that fact with the destruction of the RV. Yes, like, it's there's ushering no, out one era. There's in no the going back. <laughs> that is what this uh-huh. is telling us. Um, quite effectively, I thought. Yeah. Uh, this was yeah. a great, another, man, season three's got, as I'm watching it, the perfect blend of the action, the drama, and the comedy. Um, and I feel like that they they get away from that in later seasons where there's increasingly less and less comedic moments. But there's so many good yeah. ones. And I mean, I think that's warranted, you know, as the, yeah, yeah. As the danger like, gets more real yeah, and she you, gets more serious. You got to. But it's kind of funny that they're able to maintain this many laughs per episode. Yeah. Uh, with just simple things like Jesse's bitches. And, and they use it so sparingly now that it really yeah, works when it, it hits. It really lands home, uh-huh. and, and and in an extremely tense moment, gets one of those tense laughs out of you. So, <laughs> because that's yeah. the thing, like I, some of these moments still work. Like I know what's going to happen, and when they're both pinned in the RV, oh, like man. it's just so suspenseful. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, is there anything we want to talk about before we? I didn't want to. Say, I've been wanting to say this for like the last billion episodes. Okay. But if you're a fan of the MythBusters, they did their season premiere um, was a full scale uh, setup replica of. I'm trying to think how I can say it without without uh, spoilers. <laughs> a contraption involving a garage door opener. Okay, let's go with that. Uh, and it actually has Vince Gilligan uh, presiding over the full-scale test, and it's got some interesting kind of moments with him, and I thought it was just an awesome episode. So if you're a fan of that television show, or even if you're not, you're just a Breaking Bad fan, they did one like the previous season, which is kind of a bummer, because they essentially just pissed all over Breaking Bad as far as, mm-hmm. science, you know, you can't do... You can't dissolve bodies like that. You can't blow up, hmm. you know, Tuco's place like that. You can't do this. You can't do that. But yeah. this one, it actually pretty much it works just like it does on the screen, and it's pretty fucking awesome. So uh-huh. check that out. It's on demand or Discovery Channel. Okay. Well, let's get into the recap. We start off with uh, a cop driving down the road. He gets a call from dispatch telling him he needs to go check on Miss uh, Pekatiwa. Pe- yeah, something Pekatiwa? like that. Is that how you say it? Uh, he gets there, he finds the, the house is locked up, and there's signs that somebody's around. And he, he goes snooping, and out by the shed he finds the, her body, and he calls for backup, and then he finds the cousins there. Yeah. And they one of them uh, kind of distracts him while the other sneaks around and axes him in the back. I, I thought the, the moment I really like in this is when he bites into the apple, and it is timed to coincide exactly with the slash right. from the axe. I liked how the initial goings of this, there's a lot of stuff. Like, the, the fact that this is kind of shot like a horror film. Uh-huh. You know, like, the the, the res, yeah, the res officer, like, looks aside and you see, like, she, you know, and it has the kind of the uh-huh. horror movie minor chord. And, um, and you can see the, the other cousin coming up in the background behind him while yeah. he's not paying attention. And, and also, just, I like to... Sh- take a moment to appreciate the performances of the extra level talent on this show. Okay. Like, in a lesser show, this res cop would be, you know, perhaps I, you know, cover your eyes bad. Mm-hmm. And he's really solid. Yeah. 
Like I had no problem with it. He's just really, really, really solid, and and um, it's you know I don't often notice that. I think this is the first time I've talked about it, but it's just like I'm trying to think of a bit part that's really poorly done on this show. <laughs> I mean, everybody brings their A game for it. It's pretty. It seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether this is a symptom of using local ABQ talent, and they're just like, hey man, this is my moment to shine, and I'm and whereas in LA, maybe your extras are not that motivated or. <laughs> Yeah, you would think there'd be more to choose from in LA, though, right? Like, but I mean, you that's, know, we got a million extras out here. We can choose the best of the best. I mean, but. I've been in the hiring process. I would mm. much rather select from a pool of five really t- uh, talented and qualified candidates than five hundred, you know, cattle call. Because it's like you just cannot fill. You you just can't. Sure. You can't weed through. No one has the time or effort. So maybe yeah. uh, maybe you, you know, might not smaller, be able to find the people who yeah. are real good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think that's I don't know that's my theory anyway. Okay, and um, then the cousin just goes to town chopping down that wood that is this officer, like yeah. with the and the the sculching sounds. I guess is what you'd call it. Just it's pretty gross <laughs> with um, the apple chomping. Pretty horrific. I I also like the the very beginning, the opening shot on this uh this little what do you call that? It's not an air freshener. It doesn't look like an air freshener. I mean, maybe it, it has probably some is kind of freshener, scent. but it's the uh, fighting terrorists. Since yeah, Homeland Security, and then it flips over, and you see the the Native Americans sure, there. Sure, I thought that was a nice little call out. I don't want to get political, but sure. I think it's. I think I it's. Like it. uh, you know what? If you <laughs> if you say that Europeans coming to the Americas was good for Native Americas, then fuck you. Because it, I don't know that there are people statement. out there who think that. If they listen to this podcast, there are people and out, I want to tell you personally, fuck you. There are people out there who think we didn't go to the moon. So, <laughs> well, I, send your emails to a. I'm not quite that up in arms about that. <laughs> at but yeah, no, no, that's you're, you're, you need to read up on some history, man. Sure. Uh, Skyler calls Walt to talk about the divorce, and he has claimed all financial responsibility for the kids. Skyler doesn't really like that because of where the money comes from. He's like, you know what? How do you think we've been paying our bills this whole time? Uh, and she kind of doesn't really have a response for that. And he hangs up. He proceeds with renting the apartment that he's looking at. Sure. The um, model. The Yeah, the, the model. He wants the furniture. He wants everything. The corporate rental here. I thought it was interesting. Well, not interesting, but uh, it's it's pretty good at a villain for um, Skylar to say that my unhappiness came out of the blue sky. Didn't think that was a little bacon gauntlety. Uh, I, I well, thought so. It's a- so my question was, have they established at this point that one of the street names for Walt's product is Blue Sky? I, they talk about blue. They talk about, I, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not, but in and my I, head, I, of course, it's it's blue sky. It's, okay, and I yeah, that's one of the things. Like, I guess this may be a minor spoiler if if they haven't established that that's one of. <laughs> but they call it a bunch of different things before the end of the thing. But yeah. blue sky is one of the trademark. I know that was one of the t shirt design concepts that we had for our mm-hmm. Kickstarter reward level. And I thought when I you know on the rewatch that just really hit me out of the blue sky. And yeah, yeah you know, it's like. Yeah, the the line between bacon gauntlet and ham-fistedness <laughs> and sly is subjective, but to me, mm-hmm. it's it's it hits on the sly side of the fence. Okay, uh, and we also see Walt's attitude kind of changing toward toward things. He's at the end; he has this line: "Name one thing in this world that is not negotiable." Well, and the whole concept of him, I I'm going to be providing for my family, Skyler. Yeah. I mean, he's just parroting Gus's words. Yeah, that's straight out of the Gus playbook. Sure, I mean he. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting what he's turning into here. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Uh, then we get a brief scene of the cousins showing up at Los Poyos, and uh, Gus no- takes notice of that, and so does Cynthia, the the manager, I guess. Mm-hmm. When when he's not around, she's the manager. She she cares a lot more about this chicken shack than I would guess as assistant manager does. Yeah. Like those dudes, I'm not in, and the the managers there, I'm not going to take it upon myself to tell them to move along. Mm-hmm. Cynthia is like, she earns that employee of the month spot or whatever. Yeah. That plaque. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then Badger and skinny Peter checking out Jesse's new product at his house. And he has Badger tested out, even though he's in rehab, he says, you know, I can watch, I can cook. He's just not going to do it. Uh, Badger loves it. He starts river dancing around, and then Jesse tells him that they're going to start selling again. And then it takes a little bit of persuasion, but um, he promises that we're not going to get greedy this time. And so they so that's, they that's, both agree. That's throwing shade at Walt and his business oh, of course. practices. Yeah, it's not going to be like it was. We don't get greedy like before. He thinks, you know, with Walt out of the picture, he can run this operation the way it should be run. Do you think amongst junkies that it's a competition similar to the, you know, inside the comedian circle to be able to tell the aristocrats? Do you think it's a competition to describe the effects of drugs in new and novel ways? Like, is there like respect (laughs) for people that can really nail the whole Uh my brain's being boiled in a vat of anthrax? Uh Probably. And, And where do you draw the line like? I feel like there's a key and peel skit waiting to be told about like a junkie mm. who just goes over the line. They're like, oh, yeah. And then he just keeps on. And it's like, it's wait, this doesn't sound fun anymore. <laughs> like boiling your brain in anthrax is already uh, on the sweet side of, of cool. But then it's like someone took out my kidneys and rolled it between their teeth. Right. <laughs> what? Right. What, dude? <laughs> right. It's like a pit bull is chomping on my testicles. <laughs> I, it's like, I don't know if I want to try that. That sounds like a bad trip. Count me out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And I think it's also funny that he he's like, okay, get the oil changed, get the fluids checked, get the brake lights done. Uh, and then he's like, put the fucking buzzer <laughs> yeah. in the thing because four days out is yeah. not going to happen again. Or I don't got no, I don't got a guy to build a robot for me no more. Can't have that happen. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, you know, when he is throwing shade at Walt for like not getting greedy. Yeah. To also mention the thing that he screws up in that scene. Yeah. With four days out. Yeah. Is kind of like a, a yin and yang sort of thing. Where sure. like they're both kind of at fault, and you get the feeling that this is not necessarily going to go as well as he hopes. Oh sure. Don't have to wait much of an episode for that the <laughs> for this whole RV plan to fall apart. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, then we get a montage of Walt getting dressed and making this bag lunch with a sandwich with no crusts. Uh, and then on the way to school, Walt tries to talk to to uh, Junior about the divorce. Mm. And he's he doesn't really seem to be too thrilled, which, you know, he shouldn't really be. But mm-hmm. he, Walt's, Walt's trying to explain stuff, and Junior just doesn't Junior care. doesn't like that he's giving yeah. up. Yeah. I thought it's been a while it. since Walt reminded me of my, my dad. But this hmm. sunshine on me today montage, he's just such a square man. Like he's the kind of guy that gets ready early to where he's not even ready to leave his apartment. It's too early to leave his apartment. So he just sits in a chair and yeah. not watching television and not have a book. He's just going to sit and wait mm-hmm. for the clock to run out. And then he's going to go. It's like just damn, dude. That- and again, yeah, I cannot stress time- like if you shave my dad bald. He wears the same glasses. He has the same kind of tan members only jacket. It's it's uncanny. <laughs> like my dad, when he'd get ready for the dental lab, this is this is what he would look like exactly. Hmm. 
All right. And a really nice, nice blue shirt, nice uh, gray pants. Yeah, yeah. Middle-aged dude, chic. Yeah. All right, yeah. How, how long... So so let's say you're getting ready, and, and you get ready a little bit before you expected. Yeah. How many minutes is it where you find yourself in this scenario before you have to leave? Like, is it I mean, five I minutes? Like, not long enough to... To actually just leave and like say, oh, well, account for traffic and not long enough to turn on a TV, get a book. I don't know, because I'm always running behind, not in schedule wise, <laughs> but like I always have a list of tasks, random menial tasks I can be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's time to scrub out the sink or it's time to, you know, wipe down the counters or the kitchen needs to be swept. Or so. so it's like <laughs> I don't feel like I ever have just time to sit down and yeah. do whatever. All right. And I imagine it's different in different places where you get like different levels of traffic. Yeah. Like, if you live in L.A., it's probably like, oh, well, I've got an hour to kill, but traffic, so I'm going right. to go. That's, yeah, that's, I've never lived in a place where, you know, both Indianapolis and Cincinnati have very predictable traffic patterns that you're yeah. not, you know, if you get surprised, you can legitimately say, man, I was caught in traffic and nobody's going to be, like, pissed. No, it's a, it's a wreck that causes that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Or s- six inches of snow fell on rush hour or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's going to be a thing. Uh... So I really like that the windshield is replaced here. You can you can tell Walt's yeah, like, yeah. I need to replace this now. I yep. remember what happened last time. <laughs> yep. Not having that happen again. Uh, and he really feels like a whole new man. You know the stuff he's telling Junior about, like, I, I feel good about the future. Yeah. I think he does. I and think he does, too. That's... I'm not going to be on the run from a drug dealers anymore. I'm going to have... I'm going to have fat stacks. But he's also come to terms with this idea that his family is going to be what it's going to be going forward, right? Yeah. Like, he's not going to have a relationship with Skylar, but he wants to have a relationship with his kids. That what sort will of that future. Be, what will that... Yeah. So, And how will Walt respond to that? Because here is Walt Jr. kind of off the whole Walt bandwagon. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, he, you know, he's just, he's just uh, you know, some Band-Aid bacon away from going back to Flynn and uh, can't have that. <laughs> so Walt, what's Walt's new... St- I mean, the, the high road... He's he's kind of getting off the high road tunnel. He's starting to say mm-hmm. like you know instead of just being like well you know it's your mother's an unfathomable thing and who can understand and uh, he's starting to like actually take some responsibility and like I'm the man that I am and we are what it is what it is and we are what we are and yeah he's turning a little bit of Popeye here the yam what I am uh but I, it's like what is he going to do how mm-hmm. how is he going to have that relationship with his children yeah. I also think it's funny, this lunch that he makes, uh, it, it's very much like he's still the teacher, right? Like he's bringing his bag lunch to work and... You're working in a fucking undercover super secret super lab. Yeah. You got to write your name on your lunch bag? <laughs> There's going to be maximum three people in here, maybe? I'm saying like that's, Gus that's one step away from like Buzz Aldrin or Neil Armstrong doing it on the moon. <laughs> Like, damn it, Buzz, did you eat my sandwich? <laughs> Again. There ain't no one else here. <laughs> the other fucker's still up in orbit. What are you doing, Buzz? Yeah, no. He's been out on a walk forever. <laughs> Came back, there's crumbs on his spaceship. Did you eat my... Did... I, I wrote Neil on the bag and everything, Buzz. What the hell? Uh, yeah, so Walt... Or, sorry, Gus arrives at Los Poyos to find the cousins waiting for him again. Um, his employee notices... And they, uh, she suggests that they call the police, but Gus says, why would we? They're doing nothing wrong. Yeah. Just sitting there. Uh, the only thing they're doing wrong is taking up a table. 
which this poor lady and will just find just out later. genuinely looking menacing, yeah. menacing as hell. Yeah, I mean, obviously something is up. Cynthia knows, but she doesn't know what. So was Gus's plan just to ignore them all day and hope they go away? I don't know. Cause I don't know. This seems like it takes it's it takes part of the better part of the day. Like he finally gets them to go away by saying sunset. Yeah, yeah. I, I I really don't know what Gus is thinking there. Maybe he's thinking, you know what? I'm going to ignore this because they're trying to intimidate me, mm. and I'm not going to let them get the best of me. There is a little bit of that. Like I thought it was a very interesting choreography when they got out of the booth. That like Gus kind of stood his ground, and I think the cousins are more mm. inclined to like check someone in that situation, but they actually turn their bodies to avoid contact. Yeah, Give, like 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 the. The careful layers of showing respect versus fear versus, mm-hmm. you know. Versus getting your point across. But, yeah. but, but in preserving your machismo, it's like there's this, this uh, it's like Gail's perfect coffee. It's a very delicate balance. <laughs> you got to pull a vacuum, make sure it doesn't yeah. go over 92 C. Upset the tannins. No, man, hell no. Be. No, that's volatile. Speaking of Gail's coffee. Uh, Walt goes to the super lab where he finds his new assistant, Gail Boddicker, Did you notice waiting a, for him. Walt just valet parks that Aztec. He does. He just he, rolls up and steps the, out. The I the lights are on. You can see that the <laughs> lights are on and they're actually shining on the wall. Wow. And I made that smart. They're gonna park his. They're gonna. They're park gonna it around back. Some some of it. the laundry guys are gonna park it inside or something so it can't be seen from the street. Yeah, I mean, and if you're paying a guy three million, a uh, million dollars a month. You valet valet cost is, sure. is Build the that least in. of that. Yeah. That's just a perk. For sure. Executive bathroom, private fridge. Uh-huh. Those are all just I wonder assumed. if there is a bathroom in the super lab. Well. I mean, you can't have Walt coming out every 20 there's minutes, an eye wash. Right? There's an eye wash station. <laughs> so he'll just use. <laughs> Anything's a bathroom if you're brave enough. Uh-huh. It's true. Uh, he sh- So Gail shows off his coffee brew uh, set up here, which makes the best coffee Walt has ever tasted. Um, I really like how they frame... You know, the process of brewing coffee with the process of cooking meth. Uh, granted, coffee is a lot less harmful. But probably um, more meth. addictive. But it's just interesting. You know, the, the, the principles are the same, right? The sure. chemical compounds are all uh, need to be in this delicate balance to give, achieve the perfect result. And that's that's what these guys are really good at. And so I, I feel like it's neat to see them doing that in all other aspects of their life as well. I also thought it was really interesting how Gail Bedecker's um, you know, expertise is in X-ray crystallography, which if you remember yeah. back from the pilot, that was research that Walt won. I don't it's not a he didn't win a Nobel Prize, but he was on the research team of the two guys that did win the the Nobel Prize for that. Yeah. So that is like right up his alley. It'd be like mm-hmm. me going back to work in IT and I get assigned as a pair programmer to a former podcaster. It's like, what are the odds? Sure. Yeah. And it shows that he's, he's respected by Walt immediately. Right. Yeah. No, he feels like this guy's, this guy's very impressive between the coffee, the x-ray crystallography and Mm -hmm. his general, you know, demeanor. It's, uh, and and this is made in heaven. This is, yeah, I mean, it really is. This is his dream, you know? He's working in this super lab, and it, you got this idealistic sort of jazz piano playing. That, and that's the thing. It's, it's the most genteel cooking montage that you will ever Certainly. see in Breaking Bad. And everything, like, for the very first time, everything is just so. Yeah, like, it fits. They have the perfect tool to do everything. Like, even the mm-hmm. to to 
filter out the blue goo that eventually makes a pro- – like that's the perfect tool to do that task. Yeah, and he has the perfect assistant, right? He is. I mean this is what he would have hoped Jesse would have become eventually. Yeah, except for Jesse would never because Jesse oh, doesn't I know. have the passion for the chemistry. No, he doesn't. Where this guy is geeked out about doing this for exact same reason. And, and to the extent that – so we're going to go ahead and I guess talk about this next scene where they're kind of picking each other's brain or uh, Gail's picking Walt's brain, number one. Yeah. And number two, uh, at what point did you start thinking or did you that like this is kind of a put on? Like – like this From guy, th- yeah. Like this guy, it's it's just over the top. Like his rationalization for cooking meth is identical to Walt's rationalization. His background is identical to Walt. They, you know, he's quoting Walt with, hmm. y- you know, you know, I, I didn't feel that way. Really? No, because I think the reason I didn't feel that way is a because I think Gus sees the value of having someone who's as dedicated. And as smart um, and well-equipped as Walt. So on your first way through, did you take this as Gus has actually done his homework and found the perfect assistant for Walt? Yes. Because I just felt like it was at like the third or fourth detail that was just like perfect for Walt. It's like, man, this is a (laughs) bit much. Uh huh. This is like you know some weird science shit created in a lab for to be Walt's lab assistant. Which Gail probably could do. Gail could probably whip up the perfect Walt, you know. He could improve upon himself given enough time and coffee apparatus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, I don't I don't know. I never felt like there was anything off here. Okay. Uh, it just felt like the guy was qualified, the guy was willing, um, and Gus wanted someone who was smart and dedicated. Did you get that Gail has de- is developing a bit of a crush on Walter? You know, I think we I- talked about that maybe in our season four coverage yeah um as this kind of progresses and i can see why people might think that but it could also just be the respect they have for each other and and i'm not saying necessarily the sexual connotation but just like oh okay you know then yeah yeah i i totally buy that okay but also in a sexual connotation (laughs) (laughs) okay that i'm i'm not sure about uh but I, i think yes this this kind of like you know, crush, as you would call it, is one of respect. This is a man who has all, for all intents and purposes, won the Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. Gail is, I'm sure, well-read enough um, and into the field enough to know that. I can't mm-hmm. imagine that he doesn't know who Walter White is. I kind of think he does. Yeah. Because, like, no, no, I, I, I think he doesn't, I mean. You think he doesn't? Yeah, because, like... That was a while ago, and he's on sure. the research team. So, like, would he know the Nobel Prize winners? Of course. But would he know down to the the lab assistants from that long ago when then he immediately went and toiled in obscurity? I, like, maybe if he I was... I don't know. I didn't get the impression that Walt was a lab assistant. He's also younger. On that team. He's but. also much younger than Walt. Like, 15 years? He is, yeah. So, like, would if, if he was in college while Walt was forming you know, gray matter. And like, that was in the trade journals maybe, but I, I feel like it's pretty, mm. I'm pretty skeptical that he would know. And if he did, I'm pretty sure he'd say something like, of course I've read your papers on your development. I mean, you, you're the pioneer. And if yeah. like, he would have, I mean, it seems like every time he's got an opportunity to suck off Walt's ego, he, he does it. Okay. So that would be a well, good opportunity to do so. At the very least, it seems like there is some kind of built in respect that he has for him right off the bat. 
Uh, and that may just be he knows that Gus has hired this guy to run the lab, and so he must be sure uh, very well qualified. Yes. Um, but there's there's something there. I wonder how you find a guy like uh, Gale. I don't know. Is that, is that something you put in Craigslist? Uh huh. Libertarian chemists <laughs> specialization in crystal and coffee brewing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know. Must be able to recite poetry. Free thinker. Mm-hmm. Morally flexible. <laughs> Maybe a libertarian just bakes that idea in. Yeah, and I, you know, like <laughs> I, I said, kid our libertarian friends. Don't, don't want to get too political here, but you know, Gail kind of lays out the case for why he's doing this as well. Sure, um, you know, consenting adults want what they want, and they'll get it somewhere. If not Which, for me, then I mean, I, like I said, I don't think that's a radical point. That's my point of view. Like, of course, you don't think it's radical because it is your point of view. I know, I know. Whereas many other people would say that's ridiculous. We I need to ban all drugs. That's I get it. I yes. feel like yeah. I I if only we had had forty or fifty years of experimental evidence <laughs> to see if that policy works. If only. Oh God. If only. Oh God. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Hank is still waiting outside Jesse's house. He's eating fast food, and he gets a call from Marie, who wants to know when he's coming home. He says, I'm not coming home until Jesse leads me to this RV. And she suggests that he call up Walt. And when he does, he asks if he knew anything about Jesse having an RV and cooking meth. And Walt is appropriately horrified by the mention of an RV <laughs> meth lab. <laughs> sure. Uh, do you think that Hank has slept since he found the photo of the bounty? Man, he's... Whew, those eyes. I think he's like three days into this this whole operation. Well, Marie, even when he, she calls later, are you ever coming home? Like, of course, Marie's the type of housewife, I think, that might trot that out on the twenty, the first 24 hours. But Maybe, but I get the impression that he's been up for a good 48 to 36, or 48 to 72 hours. Yeah, he's rocking a pretty, he's he's looking pretty intense. Yeah. Which, which all kind of, you know, feeds back into the end of this episode, which yep. I love so much. Um, then Walt calls Jesse to tell him Hank's on to him, but instead of telling him that he hangs up because I guess he doesn't want this phone call to be connected to, to him. Yeah. He's, his brain is going in high gear and he's like, first thing I yeah. gotta call Jesse. Oh, wait, if he's under, you know. <laughs> yeah. And Jesse's like, Mr. White, Mr. D- White. Oh yeah, no, don't yeah, say that, man. Fucked up, yeah. We need code names. Call me Heisenberg. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, and so instead he calls Saul to tell him what's going on. And Saul tells him, you need to get rid of that RV. ASAP. Uh, <laughs> like, Saul's flabbergasted that he didn't have a plan for this, A, a contingency plan. And I love the line he trots out. The Starship Enterprise had a self-destruct I'm button. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Real good. Uh, and, and you know, just the state we find Saul in when Walt first calls up. He's got this leg massager going. I was going, like, no, this, this foot wiggler. Him. Yeah. So it just seems like it's a foot wiggler. I think it's a leg massager. I think he's doing a calf massage. But but it seems like the way it yeah. does that is by wiggling your feet. Like, it just uh-huh. oscillates your calves at high frequency. There's no squeezing or... But, nope. you know, that's that's uh, something... You didn't get that at Sharper Image. That's a Sky Mall product. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he paid... For probably 150 bucks and for it was that. all capital the foot wiggler uh-huh. <laughs> so walt steams into the lot where they're storing the rv and he's hell-bent on getting rid of it the mechanic knows the guy they can call and badger um calls jesse to tell him what's going on and then jesse runs out of his house oh, God. and we see hank following him this is such a rube goldberg device like 
you know, Walt does this, Jesse comes flying yeah. out, Hank's fine. You're just like, this thing is building to a very <laughs> ugly head. Yeah, I, I, I really love this show when different people have different information mm-hmm. and they're all acting in those, the most appropriate way sure. they can. Yeah. And it's just this orchestration of, of tragedy, of, <laughs> circumstance just coming together in ways that just screw with our character and that's the thing like jesse just putting on his coat and walking out the door to go get a pizza would have gotten hank like in a lather yeah him bolting out screaming (laughs) he's got to have such a law enforcement boner oh yeah it's just like he can't he's about blacking out from the lack of blood pressure to the brain you can see it on his face no steps out of his car and he sees that rv he's like yeah gotcha now yeah i gotcha yeah uh, I like how Walt says, "If I go down, we all go down here." Like, I don't, I don't know if that's a threat or if that's a fact. I feel like I, it's I a fact. I wouldn't put it past Walt to be threatening there. I mean, I don't like. I, I feel like yes, it is a threat, but also it's a kind of fact. Like, like yeah. it or not, if I go down for this, like you're the one with the vehicle parked here. How are you going to explain that? Yeah, you know, accessory after yeah, the was... fact. I think is the term that Skyler keeps throwing around. <laughs> sure. Uh, so the cousins are still at Los Poyos, and Cynthia comes up to them, starts to tell them to leave, but Gus intervenes. Um, and instead, he tells them he'll meet him at sunset. One of the cousins speaks. Yeah, for the first time. Luis Mancata right? gets a gets a couple lines of dialogue in this one. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty remarkable. I thought that was going to be the only line they had. No, but because I didn't remember really any other lines. Really, I mean, it's, it's the trick is getting them to shut up once they start. Like you know, <laughs> my God. Uh, the, the Walt begins, uh, arranging the destruction of the RV and Jesse shows up. And in that moment, Walt realizes, oh my God, if Jesse's here, Hank must be here too. So he starts closing up the RV, uh, closing all the windows, closing the blinds, closing the doors. And then he just, he hunkers down, tries to ride out the storm. I, man, before we get to this, I really like the scene of like Walt reminiscing. Like this was... You know, the the crystal ship, as it's it's later called, uh, is a, is a seminal piece of the show, and I felt like that it was appropriate for the main character to take like one last longing, you know, like James Kirk touring the Enterprise before it gets shut scuttled. Yeah, you know, like put you trail your hands over the 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 mm-hmm. cabinets and the look how primitive the cooking devices was, and like this is where it all began, and then like ah oh, fucking Funyuns. Yeah, uh, no, it's interesting though because like. It would be, it would be similar if you know the Enterprise had ruined James Kirk' marriage, right? If like it had destroyed his family, but but yet he still had some sort of affection for it. It kind of uh, that's arguable that the Enterprise did. Was James Kirk ever a family man? He wasn't. He did father a child with he that did. research scientist in the Wrath of Khan, and she intimated that his career is what kept them ever from becoming a thing. Yeah, so I guess you could and say he's also in a, a way, shitty father. So yeah, the enterprises, the call of Captain. Well, that Shit. and the green girls in the metallic bikinis, and well, like there's a lot. How of can th- you resist? A lot of things that went into the stew of the enterprise <laughs> and the service. Can you really and- blame him? <laughs> Come on. But yeah, no, I, I feel like that's it's very much the feel of like, you know, this is this, you know, this is this is a big piece of my history. This just changed my life forever and I'm saying goodbye to it. Yeah. And I wonder if it's also not in the uh creator of the show's mind, if it's in the villain's mind, like, this is it. 
Oh, the, love the RV. I want to give gave. it a scene. Oh yeah the, yeah, the the way they did it right, I thought, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it kind of is its own character, and yeah, um, I feel like that they gave it a, a really nice send off, mm-hmm. and also, as you said, this is just an epic scene, and oh, yeah, it's not like I'm. I'm amazed at how a show like Breaking Bad can derive this much tension and this much just like pulse pounding from a relatively mundane moment. You know, there's no shootout. There's no implied threat of physical violence. It's just Hank, the brother, the AA brother-in-law of Mm -hmm. Walt is right outside. He's got a hard on for Jesse already. The fact that Walt's in there. I mean, what even happens? If he opens that door, game over. Yeah. Walt's going to prison. The family's going to find out like... And then Joe coming out and like getting into some yeah. sea lawyering with Hank, and then Je- yeah. you know Jesse being coached by Walt. It's just so good. So and good. The, the idea that the only thing between Walt and a lifetime in prison probably is this flimsy RV door. Like he's right. he's hold desperately holding onto the handle, hoping Hank can't pry it open. Yeah, I mean, you know the the law is one thing. Like let's say okay he. He can't use this evidence or whatever to convict but Walt. But it still blows up his life forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's there's more at stake here for Walt than necessarily just life in prison. Yes. It's his kids. It's... It's everything. It's his entire life, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, so, that, I mean, that's one of the reasons it works so well. And the other reason it works is because Jesse is just like, what the fuck do we do? What do we do? Like, he's got... No clue. And it's interesting to see Jesse go from a guy who's blaming Walt for being greedy and saying, I can do this right, to a guy who's relying on him for an idea. Like, he goes right back to old Jesse mode where he's just this little puppy dog who can't do anything when when shit hits the fan. Yeah, I mean... He really struggles on the big the big picture stuff at this point. And like the stuff yeah. he comes up with, like, we just ran the shit out of his truck. And then it's like, oh, well, that's a bad idea because I might get shot. I mean, there's multiple yeah. reasons that that's a bad idea. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. One Especially of which from, is getting from, shot. From Walt's perspective, he doesn't want Hank to get the shit rammed out of him. Sure. Like he's trying to find a way out of this situation that's going to preserve everyone's life and dignity. Yeah. And the the way he finds out of this is genius. And you can tell on his face like this <sighs> is, uh, I'm about to do something that's unconscionable. Yep. Like if I, as was a recipient, as a man, if I'm a recipient of this behavior, I'm going to go nuclear and that's not counting. Like, I don't think Walt fully appreciates the state that, that the Hank is in. I don't think so either. I'm not even sure if he's aware of it. He's got so much other stuff going on. Sure, sure. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. he's probably like, you know, it's like this. He doesn't understand what a volatile situation is. Hank Schrader's yeah. <laughs> deal is. Um, it's it's pretty bad. You're right. This is next level. I mean. And the fact that he already hates <sighs> wow. Jesse and he thinks Jesse's an idiot. And for him to think that Jesse did this to him. Yeah using his his knowledge of his family which is already like like i think if you tell if you just like call the if, if you're a criminal that's being surveilled by a cop and you just called a man's wife or left a voicemail for her and said like hey you know just want to make sure i you know we're on a first name basis that's enough for a cop to just beat the piss out of you and take the law into his own hands the fact that you use this as like a way to get the better of him when he yeah. thinks he's smarter than you yeah, 
Yeah, those... he, he owes Saul one for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Saul owes his um, assistant secretary. I, I forget know. what her name. The one's a sweet can. Yeah, she uh, <laughs> she works the lobby. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know, man. This scene is just so tense. It really this is, is maybe the most tense scene to date. Because that's the thing they got down. they got out of it with the private domicile bitch line. Yeah. But it just delays the inevitable because Hank's like, all right, I'm 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 just gonna wait out here. Yep. So we'll see. Maybe he would have just fallen asleep in his car anyway. <laughs> He's so they sleepy. He's snuck pretty out. sleepy. Pretty yeah. sleepy. Just give him a couple more hamburgers. Play Rockabye Baby over the loudspeakers <laughs> and he's just out like a light. Uh-huh. Uh so Hank gets this phone call. Um, I don't know how much we want to talk about the rest of it, but you know, he gets a phone call about Marie being in the hospital and he rushes off to to see her to try and help. And when he gets there, he realizes what's happened because he gets a phone call from Marie who says, Hey, you're gonna just putting dinner on. He realizes and he's pissed. I was gen- I was genuinely moved by him running through that emergency center in just a panic because you can see the one thing that cuts through his yeah. obsession with catching, you know, because this, you know, we talked about that this is all kind of, you know, this thing is tied up with his, his concept of his manhood and his dealing with his PTSD. And like, this is, this is, this case is everything to him, but his wife almost dying gets, gets through to him. And then when he finds out, you know, we hear about these, these black rages, and television uh-huh. but i think this is one of the most effective portrayals of someone just working up to one i like when that phone yeah. drops and they close in on his face that's a man who's going to kill somebody easily like whose last name rhymes with stinkman it's 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 pretty bad we've already seen this guy hulk out on somebody in a bar for no good reason at all people for yeah for really no reason now he's got a reason oh and he, I, I mean, going forward, he's got to be a force to be reckoned with. I do, would would say so. <laughs> Just the, the way he's he's it's, looking through his eyebrows. It's clobbering there, it's, time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we get a montage of the RV being destroyed, set to uh, some fairly mournful music. Um, sure. I don't know. It's definitely a moment. This is an and, end of And an Jesse's era. face, because, like, Walt is, what do you call it, a nostalgic yeah, but he's moved on to better things, right? But he's got his his. This is not only Jesse's nostalgia and like the greatest thing he's ever been involved in, but also Walt essentially winning the argument. Huh. Now you have nowhere best. to cook. Yeah, yeah, and not even like you know, and also it was all necessary. And he and he's kind of got to be grateful for it too. Like mm. th- I just thought that Aaron Paul did a great job with just emoting everything that Jesse was feeling watching this be destroyed and ripped apart. Yeah. And I love that shot where they they've got the camera kind of over the top of the crusher and it's shooting Walt and Jesse but you can't see them until the the crusher yeah. comes down a little bit. Yeah. Revealing their faces, that's pretty cool. And the inside of the RV as it's getting just rammed oh, yeah. by those, you know, poker things, the <laughs> forklift attachment, uh-huh. it was was pretty awesome too. You got to wonder what Jesse's going to do now. He's he was all set to start cooking again. He's got Badger and Skinny Pete out on missions to get equipment and such. Yeah, where is he going to cook? Is he going to cook in his basement? Like it's they did already before? a meth lab, you know. Yeah. So why not? I got that stink on it. I mm-hmm. I don't know because is it's going to scare him off of it. What struck me about Jesse is, as we've talked about, he's not a big picture planner, and his plan was essentially to do the same, only more cautious and less reckless. But yeah. They didn't have a really great plan 
to it's true to to move meth in quantity and they didn't have a plan for when like someone rolls tough on them or rips them off and those problems are still there so what is what is he going to do he's going to sell in walt and gus's territory seems like a bad idea that's so good yeah walt run you off from the local home depot you start doing that shit i mean <laughs> uh so then gus travels into the desert to meet with the cousins and we find out that they want to kill walt still and instead he says you know what i need walt but wouldn't you rather have the guy who actually pulled the trigger on tuco and he tells him that his name is hank schrader yeah i feel like Gus is whistling past the graveyard when he says, may his death satisfy you. Because if anything, I think it's going to get him stoked for the main course. But, (laughs) uh, and I also like the, the cousins, how like their faces are like very intrigued. I, uh, that like, Hmm. I'm not sure I buy this whole North of the border and your say versus, you know, who we work for this guy versus working for you. Yeah. But yeah, we'll take you up on it. Why not? Yeah, um, I if I'm Gus, why does Gus do this? I understand that he needs Walt at the moment, and that that's a priority, but you would think the killing of a DEA agent would also bring a lot of heat. But it'd be, so it's worth the, it to it'd him. It'd be heat on the cartel, which okay. would make, because there's some friction between him and the cartel, you can tell, you mm-hmm. know, you can tell there's cartel friction. Uh, so I feel like in his calculus that, you know, these cartel guys come north and kill Hank as a revenge for the Tuco stuff, that that's going to lead, lead the DEA to step up their war against the cartel, which since he's north of the border, and he's this respected businessman, that by default makes his position stronger. And I also wonder hmm. if Saul knowing about Hank being on the trail somehow got the mic who somehow passed it on to Gus. And this is part of the equation too. Like not only am I going to maybe get some breathing room from these cousins, mm-hmm. but this is also going to further, you know, he's the type of guy that that's, that makes one move with two outcomes. Yeah. He's protecting his man, Walt, uh, in two different directions mm-hmm. from the police and also from the cousins with one, with one stone. So I thought that was, I don't know, okay. pretty, you know, that's a lot of headcanon there, but I thought mm-hmm. it is um, a pretty savvy move. Yeah, I think taking the out, chicken man, taking out the head of the investigation that is closest to him. And he's the only. Let's. I mean, Gomi's yeah. Gomi's. You know, checked out the El Paso. He's the only. Like Merker doesn't believe in this shit. And you got to imagine Gus might know that, given his relationship with, with yeah, the DEA. Right? Sure, he's sponsoring fun runs, and I mean, there's a reason he does all that to keep yeah. kind of in. So it's a big question I have about how in he is. With the DEA. Sponsoring fun runs, you know, coming in with a bunch of people from other companies is one thing. Does he have any other kind of contacts in there? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, But that's it. That's the end of the episode. We fade to black there. Yeah, we sure do. Uh, Should we get into some feedback? Yeah, let's do it. If you'd like to send us feedback, two primary ways you can do that. Go to forums.baldmove.com. Go to the Breaking Good forum, and uh, there's a thread for every episode. As you can uh, have a discussion or comment on there. You can also send in email to breakinggood@baldmove.com. These fellow fans chose the latter method, and was first up is Jill G. We got some, you know, as a way we're recording this, we're recording a lot of these. Uh, we're, we're trying to get these all recorded before Fear the Walking Dead starts. Mm-hmm. So even though we were going to be releasing these afterwards, we're actually compiling the feedback, you know, 
sometimes a couple weeks after. So I hope people aren't annoyed that like, hey, I sent a, uh, I sent some feedback for this episode and it didn't get read. It might get read a couple weeks later. Anyway, that's how the sausage made. Here's the result. Jill G said, I'm sorry I didn't get this feedback in before your recap of IFT. I've been waiting forever to get your thoughts on this particular point that most recappers miss. Skylar approaches Ted in the break room and kisses him and asks if his kids are home. It cuts to the next scene, which is Skylar's car pulling into the White House driveway. Cut next to Skylar opening the front door and entering a home with Holly. Did she take Holly along? I assume that since Skylar yeah. usually brings Holly to work with her at this point, that her hookups with Ted over lunch or after work include a baby on a carrier in tow. Mm-hmm. Blah. I've had two babies this age, <laughs> and I cannot imagine bringing one to a first-time hookup or even Ted being cool with it. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, Holly is exceptionally quiet for a, she, a baby of that age, sure. right? Sure. Cries on cue when it's appropriate. Um, but yeah, still, A, super creepy. Sure. Um, and B, probably, uh, I imagine she's going to be a little fussy. I mean, I'm a little weirded out having sex with animals in the bedroom. Like a dog or a cat. No, no. What? (laughs) No, like they're just observing. (laughs) They're just silently sitting there in the corner and just observe, just watching you and like, what, what, what the hell? Yeah. But they need to get, they need to get the fuck out for, for playtime. But, (laughs) uh, you know, last episode, it seemed like that Skylar was leaving her with Marie. But before that, the yeah, first the first time, time it maybe happened, she's definitely. like, hey, I need to run on air. I mean, like, so I don't think so, man. But do you, so you I think, think Skylar is going to bring yeah. the baby and just park her in the corner? Like, yep. I will say, <laughs> as a dude that's dated, you know, single moms, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, that there there are those out there that would do something like this. Mm-hmm. And it is skeevy, and I'm not cool with that. Uh, I do think Ted is so into sticking it to Skyler that he wouldn't like make it a serious objection. Uh-huh. He's kind of like clueless and yep, you know, just thinking with his dick at this point. I don't think Skyler would do it though. I think she would. I think that first time she does certainly. <sighs> this is the woman that gave a fully clothed hand job to a man while she's on ebay like i there's a level of uptightness here that i just don't think would allow like i get and here's the thing psychologically your Mm -hmm. child's brain is kind of mush at this point they're not going to remember anything scarring uh you know so like i think if you're talking just ethics and morals from a pseudo-scientific stand that you're probably fine but you're and like you know there's also the argument that back in the olden days when people lived in one bedroom houses yeah. like discovery channel you just you know hope the kids were still asleep and you just got yeah. up the discovery channel shit 13 year old on the couch and you're back behind him boning yeah it's just how it goes it's just the way that's the way of the world but um, I, I think skylar being out for this impromptu revenge would not stop to drop holly off like what kind of questions does, does marie ask you know like is she going to be like, oh, I'm on my way to this guy's house, but I need to stop by and drop off the baby? What is this? IFT? Yeah. I-F-O-H? In uh, front, like, that's like, she, oh, yeah, yeah. in front of Holly? Like, that's just to really twist a knife in Walt's gut? No, no, no. It has nothing to do with that, but she's she's not thinking clearly, obviously, right? Well, she's smoking in front of the baby. She's smoking while she's got the baby inside. Yeah, inside what you can tell is like, something that she already would not do in her right mind. But it's there. I, yeah, I man, I don't want to say Scott would do something like that again after I've already said that it's not that big a deal. It's uh-huh. just 
I think she it's, did. It's just bad from a Western 21st century civilization standpoint. It's, it's yeah, yeah. just kind of, you know, inappropriate. Inappropes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't, I think she I think she had an emergency session with Marie. All right, she's we'll, like I got we'll something agree, that came disagree. up. You, are you off work? Okay, that's yeah. what, that's what I think. I don't know. She she said she took Holly over to Marie's work. Marie set her right next to the X ray machine while she's working, <laughs> and then Skyler went off and did her thing. Just cover the lead blanket. She'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> no problem. Uh, Scott V, I have a question in the horse with no name episode. Mike calls Gus. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this the first time we learned that Mike just doesn't work for Saul? Surprised you guys didn't talk about that. Um, I feel like we did talk about that, but we might have talked about it like a couple episodes before in a spoiler section. Yeah, and Mike's, also like Mike's last season, right? we spent a long part. time trying to figure out exactly how this all works with the territory, and t- yeah, so maybe we yeah. felt like we'd already touched on it. But... Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty apparent that Mike is more of a mercenary than he works for anybody in particular Mm. you know he's a he's a contractor for hire okay uh and he he works regularly with gus and he works regularly with saul but i think he's on his his own team for the most part right on he says also i'm tired of everyone saying damn plane crash is walt's fault so john delancey has no culpability and knowing he was too fucked up by grief to work we all make choices my point is how far yeah. back do we go let's say for sake of argument whatever happened between elliot gretchen and walt was indeed elliot's fault or not an overreaction from walt what if elliot never makes this mistake walt is in the one percent and never heard of jesse pinkman so is a plane crash elliot's fault now how far back do we go it's q's fault now yes if i was walt i would feel guilty for standing there as she died and i may blame myself if I was Jesse, I'd absolutely think it was my fault and feel guilty. I get that. But I'm tired of the viewership blaming Walt and or Jesse. If Q would have stayed the fuck home, I, d- I wouldn't have had to put up with these damn flash forwards all season that left me with blue balls when all was said and done. That's my rant for the day. Hmm. Uh, you know, that's a pretty fine distinction to make. And There's plenty of blame to go around. To the extent opinion. that, like, I feel like the show in my second you know, period of watching and my first period of watching as a podcaster in these, these first two seasons did a much better job than I would have initially suspected of, of making it clear that this gray matter thing is kind of Walt's problem. If like Gretchen had cheated on him, I mean, that's still not, I mean, the other thing is like, what, what do you call culpability? Like if, Gretchen had cheated on Walt with Elliot and and Walt had overreacted to the point that he's just going to break up and leave the company and give up all his shares and then marry this, uh, you know, diner waitress and, and have this life. Like, is that really Elliot's fault or even Gretchen's? Like, it's yeah. Gretchen's fault that the relationship ended. All those other choices were things that Walt did. Sure. And I mean, I think that's where I put a little bit of blame on Walt for this is because Walt made a choice to let Jesse or let Jane die. Right. He, in a mostly clear head, he said, this is happening. I'm going to make this choice. Whereas after the fact, Jane's father is not in a a clear state of mind at all. And like his, his choices are going to be suspect. I mean, going back to work is yes, it's a bad idea for this guy. And it is a choice that he made, but 
how much do you blame him? I certainly yeah. blame him. So it's like when people want to say like alcohol, like I was drunk, you can't blame me. It's like, okay. I still blame you, you but you, you, I understand. You put your, and plus you also chose to drink the alcohol in the situation that got you that. So there's also a choice versus. Which John Delancey did not have that choice. Versus someone <laughs> that gets their drink spiked with something. Yes. You know, yeah, like yeah. that. That's a good analogy. That's, that's a different thing. Like. John Delancey was going to work, drinking his coffee, not knowing that it was spiked with, yeah. you know, LSD. <laughs> with with extreme sadness. Yeah, so that's... <laughs> and depression. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he was already effed up from the other actions, and he wasn't thinking clearly. And that's also, you know, that's something people say. Like, you need to get back on, you know, you need to stay busy. That's like, like, it's not like this is something that is beyond the pale. Him returning to work early is just like, oh, this is just as obviously dangerous behavior. So, no, you know, people think they're they're better off than they are at any given moment, you know? But what I think is fascinating is how many discussions you can have about the ethics and morality of Breaking Bad and how sure. people are just all over the map. And since it's just pretend, yeah. you can take these strong positions with no real repercussion, uh-huh. like other than people on the internet being mad at you. <laughs> and since I, can't, then, I can't believe you think Walt's a I, bad guy. And after doing this for five years, uh, the effect of people on the internet being uh, mad at you, not that bad. Not not not, now, not as terrible as one as 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 it can be. Yeah, but but like I said, I, I think there's plenty of blame to go around. Everybody is culpable here. Um, I just think some are more responsible than others because sure. of the choices they've made uh, with with their heads on straight. Sure, you know? like that's, you know, that's Jane, why it comes down on Walt. Jane owns a little bit of this, but then sure. again, if Jesse hadn't have entered her life, um, you know, she would be just. But fine, she made the choice so. to do heroin again. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But she wouldn't have if she'd never met Jesse. So it's like... Wouldn't she? Who knows? Well, that's true. <laughs> Who can say? That's... 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 You're... And you're, you're exactly right. That's... You're... Because she is a recovering addict and she's 18 months sober, but she falls for the wrong person again. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Or she just decides she's, you know, fed up with life. I, I blame everyone. <laughs> I blame the pilots most of all. Yeah, man. What the fuck? Come on, you didn't I blame see the government. Those 1960s technology air traffic controls, yeah. come on. Yeah, come I mean, on. really, who wrote that database system? It's not anybody competent. There, there should be safeguards. The lowest place. bidder is who, who wrote that system. You're absolutely right. I blame so, the government. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right, that's it for feedback. Again, if you'd like to send us more, you can do at, at, that at breakinggood at baldmove.com or on forums.baldmove.com. We have some spoilers. I actually yeah. have a lot. What's interesting is this season I'm doing less of the look at this abstract thing that you don't notice and more of just like I keep feeling like I'm going to run out of these, but I keep coming up with like almost essay level things to just talk about for yeah, the characters yeah. and stuff because we are in such a pev- pivotal epoch of the show. Mm-hmm. Epoch. Epoch? Era. Era. Sure. That's easier to say. Yeah. Easier to pronounce. Try to think it's epoch in the Matrix, but that could just be... <laughs> Some weirdo hacker pronunciation. Sure. Uh, All right. Well, if you're into spoilers, I guess stick around after the music. And if not, we'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya. And we're back with the spoiler section. What do you got? It's funny because I wrote like three of these things down just when we were discussing it. But you asked, how is into the DEA is Gus? Yeah. And I think back of 
the aftermath of season four and Merker sitting there in his office looking at this picture of him going fishing on Gus's boat and, and realizing, oh, my and, God, and being at the barbecues and talking about how much time he spent. And I'm like, I can see Gus in his quiet little way getting him to talk about the problems inside a department and like, well, you know, one manager to another. Yeah. This, uh, this reminds me of the time where my fry cook refused to drop the fries at the right time. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, and I got this Hank guy who refused his position. of, And yeah, I could I, – I think he probably had his thumbs up that pie more than we suspect. Seems like it. He, he had a pretty chummy relationship with, with some of those guys in there. So, I mean, that's kind of spoilery, but yeah, I feel like Merker at least felt like he had been had. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about this? this is the start of Dead Man's Brew? It is. It totally is. Well, we didn't get to it till season four, obviously, but sure, it hangs around. Like, you can see why Dead Man's Brew was a thing, right? Yeah. I was kind of surprised. I mean... It hangs around for a full season, at least. Sure. Sure. So... Uh, season and a half, if you if you say the Dead Man's Brew counter starts right now. If you're not familiar, yeah. uh, Jim had this crazy theory in season four. Uh, one of his predictions, I think, was that there was a level of coffee <laughs> in this thing after Gale dies that keeps uh, getting lower. And he's like, there's going to be some apocalyptic event that happens when they run out of the brew. Yeah, it never <laughs> happened. No, I'm pretty sure Walt <laughs> just knows how to brew coffee with the apparatus. He's, you sure. know, um, he's a chemist. Also, do you think this is the start of Walt's? Because eventually Walt moves into the buying Junior's affection. He becomes the Disneyland dad or the drug dealer equivalent. Yeah. I'm going to pay cash for a charger for you, son, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Do you think this is the start of that, that change in relationship? Because for the first time, he's feeling some heat from Junior for this. He's starting to feel some Mm -hmm. of he's having to own some of his problems here and he doesn't like it. Yeah, and like I said in the recap, he's coming to terms with kind of the new relationship he's going to have with his family. Yeah. Um. So yeah, maybe that idea is kind of percolating. The high road channel is 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 closing down yeah. for him. So he needs yeah. a new path. I thought that this is maybe the start of that, where he has to have a new tack to kind of fight Skyler. Yeah. To, to talk a little bit more about Gale and kind of the role that he plays yep, totally. later on in the series. Um. I, I'm trying to figure out how much of this is on the screen at this point, but Gale is clearly there to replace Walt, to learn from Walt and replace him once the three months are up. Sure. And who knows if if Gus is going to kill Walt. I think Gus will probably kill Walt after those three months. I agree. Disappear him, melt him in a barrel, something. Mm-hmm. Um so so Gail, like I'm looking for the signs in these next few episodes. The only problem with that theory is knowing Gail the way we do and knowing Gus the way that he knows Gail apparently. Mm-hmm. I feel like if they had had this beautiful three-month cook and Gail learns everything from him and he gets replaced, doesn't you think Gail has a problem with that? Unless because I feel like goes Gail... out like, okay, this is it. I'll I'll see you later. If If he can get Walt to disinvest in this maybe if gus says look just it's important that i know you and gail are friends and you're going to want to have barbecues and stuff but for the security of your operation and the safety of your family you have to to tell gail this is it this is goodbye yeah and And i think walt out of respect for this guy would want to say goodbye yeah and then out of respect for walt he'd do that and then he gets he gets shot and then gail to his he just thinks that walt i guess yeah there's lots of different ways that could have gone down without gail being any the wiser yeah, he just thinks Walt's moved on. And not, also, not to another life. Gail, you know, if 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 he finds out that Gus killed Walt, 
is Gustic is is Gail the kind of guy that's going to you know mount up on that? Or is he going to like I this guy? This so. oh, I'm just going to keep cashing my checks and hope I don't get replaced. I think that's probably Gail. Yeah, he's Based a much more easy to control thing. Yeah, but, and and you know all, we see in a flashback later on. I think it's early in season five that Gail's respect for P- Walt's process is what gets him killed. Because, you know, he's setting up the super lab and open, un- creating all this equipment. And Gus is like, everything's to your satisfaction. He's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, um, but Gail's like, you know, I just can't cook this level of purity. And, and Gus is like, what level of purity can you cook to? And he's like, that's fine. This is meth. Yeah, yeah. And then Gail's the one that says, you set up the super lab. Don't you want the best? I mean, you clearly want the best of the best. Don't you want the best of the best? If you want the best of the best, we need this Heisenberg guy. Yeah. Gale is signing his own death warrant here <laughs> because of his fucking love for the purity in the process and the fact yeah. that he wants to, to get to know this guy. Yes, yeah, I think that's a big part of it too. Like, they become friends, you know? Um, I, I feel like it, it comes a little bit more from Gale's side because Gale has some kind of immense respect for Walt, but, you know, Walt also has respect for this guy and it's it's kind of a sad moment when he has to kill Gale. sure. Because oh, yeah. you know you know he doesn't. It's a want dark, dark moment it. in Breaking Bad history. It's desperate, of course, but he also doesn't want to do it. And like, Gail doesn't deserve it. Like all of these things that just come together during Gail's death. I think it's and, interesting. This whole season is very clockwork. Like yeah. no one makes an authentic choice. Hmm. Because as we discussed, I think that once I think in once Moss, I one, think Walt going back, but but. Here's I, the thing. I don't know that he would have survived if he had that's, made another that's choice, what I'm saying. but he does make a conscious choice to go back. He does, but the choice doesn't matter because if he says no, I think Gus kills him. Yeah, I think you're right. So I feel like this is a season where everyone does the thing that they're going to do. And uh-huh. it is very like pool. Everything just lines up like like uh, the perfect pool shot. And yeah. it you're just watching <laughs> You're you're watching all these things just 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 fall like dominoes. It feels, I guess, as you're watching this, the all of the motivations are so clear, and all of the the elements that are coming together, it, it feels almost elemental the way that it plays out. And you know, having these like these uh, what are they called? Uh, the shots where everything. You watch a lot of stuff happen real fast. Not the, montages. The the quizzical clapping clap. Time, time lapse. Not quizzical. Nyquil squaddle. Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl. I don't know. You don't even remember how to pronounce it now. No, I don't. It's been too long. Uh, having all of these time lapse shots uh-huh. kind of gives me that feeling. It evokes sure. that feeling of like there's nothing that can be changed here. It's all just going to play out how it's going to play out. And those are little slices of like. I don't know, just that happening in a micro. It's very cosmic. sunrise, sunset from Fiddler on the Roof. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I, it, it's interesting because I think watching this for the first time through, I was thinking like, oh, well, Walt just misplayed this or if only he had done this. But now knowing what we know about mm. Gus later on, uh, there's a much less choice. And then season four becomes more about how Walt just misplays the situation in his hand. Yeah, no, and I, I meant to talk about this uh, in last episode's uh, spoiler section, but you can see the kind of person that Gus is being the ultimate foil for Walt, right? Mm. Up up till now, he has dealt with the Tucos of the world and the Crazy Eights, the guys who aren't really thinking that hard about what they're doing. Yeah. Whereas Gus 
is playing Walt like a fiddle here. I mean, yeah. last episode, the way he just yeah. mind tricks him into coming back to work, yeah. that is the ultimate bane for Walt. That is the one thing that he is not necessarily prepared to contend with. And we see him throughout episode or season four struggling with that, right? Like, how do I get one over on a guy who is like me but better at it? And not only that, but... Man, Walt is so blind to how easily he is manipulate to be manipulated. And Walt yeah. is such Walt's kind of a bad manipulator because he's just very naked and in your face about it. He is, yeah. But it's super effective because mm-hmm. the stakes he's got are so high. And also one of the reasons that Walt is so good is because he's got cancer and he knows he's gonna die, so he will take insane risks that a normal person in normal circumstance like gus will not that's take true. the risk he will that's even jesse you can not talk it like much. you're an old dude with cancer you're gonna die i'm just starting my life and i you know like yeah. it's already fucked up enough i feel like that that's one of the reasons that that yes he's smart yes he's resourceful yes he thinks quick on his feet but he's also damn lucky yes and the reason he can afford to be that reckless is because of the situation he's in and that's almost a superpower for him yeah especially now that he has he's made the money he needs to make right mm. now he can be kind of extra reckless he's playing with like house money like yeah. i've already done my primary objective so i can you know take take crazy risks but i also yeah. think it's interesting because walt you know we've talked a lot about how walt shits on jesse and certainly he does but he also takes a lot of risks for him like he feels some sense of fatherly responsibility and you think you see how much pleasure he's getting from dealing with gut with gail and gus and the fact that he has to blow like it gives us a taste of what he's going to miss when he blows this up Mm -hmm. to save jess jesse's life yeah yeah he pays a cost to help jesse out which is the the true sign of how he feels about him right but the other thing i was thinking as i was writing some of these questions down is i was starting i was starting to remember other moves that are made later in season three and i started thinking you know, now that I've got this whole new appreciation for Gus and I've got this theory of like this is kind of a clockwork universe we're seeing is like, you know, when uh, that kid gets killed, which triggers off, you know, Jesse going off the reservation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if Gus didn't engineer that. He says he instructed his people not to use children and all that stuff. But what if knowing mm-hmm. he knew that that's what would set Jesse off? Yeah. And he was trying to come up with a pretext for squeezing him out of the operation. Hmm. I'm trying to remember exactly what was happening around that time. Because I, as I recall, we hadn't met Gus yet, obviously. No, uh, I'm talking about in the future. When, because, you know, what really f- bring, what, what really. You're distor- not talking about the kid shooting combo? No, uh, I'm talking about later on when that kid gets killed himself. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Um, hmm. And that fucks up Jesse. Maybe so, and he yeah. He goes there's, off half-cocked. I mean, just like we didn't talk so about... There's so much going on with Jesse and Mike and Gus. And that's on. the other thing is we didn't talk about this because it's a spoiler, but you're talking about like all the different moves that, that, that Gus is making here involving the cousins. One of the yeah. obvious things of sticking him <laughs> on a DE agent is that he's a cop and he's got a gun and he's got training and he's already killed one of them. Mm. So what if the cousins get clipped? Like... This is such like a a, a a huge gambit for Gus. Like it could he could win three separate battles with this one move, and it yeah. cost him nothing. I thought that was really you know. Yeah, I'm trying to consider the consequences because we know how it goes. Yes, and, and we know that 
it mostly works out for him. Um, if anything, Gus like underestimates he, Walt. He underestimates how he the links he will go to. Because I think that you know, once Jesse goes off reservation, Gus is thinking this is game over. You know, Walt's going to give up Jesse. He didn't suspect that he was going oh, to sure. kill Gail. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He misjudged the loyalty that Walt has. Which and that's Jesse. yeah. And that's when Gus really reveals his true face when Walt the first time Walt outmaneuvers him. Yeah, and it's interesting. I I mean, I don't know how much of this is part of Gus's plan or not, but the wedge that Gail should have created between Walt and Jesse was much more powerful than it actually looks much more powerful than it actually was, right? Yeah. Like Gail Gail is there both to learn Walt's methods and I think as a, a backup plan to kind of drive this wedge between Jesse sure. and Walt. When when Walt surely when Walt sees what a capable assistant Gail is, he's going to turn turn tables on Jesse, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and be completely loyal and cook for me for or the foreseeable future. Yeah, maybe I just have to really because that's exactly. You know, for, I, I think in Gus's mind, having that insurance, like what happens yeah. if Gail dies? Do you get sure. Victor in there to start learning behind it? Like having two top level chemists that can back each other up, and what if one of them gets sick? Yeah, you know, like I feel like maybe Walt isn't dead at the end of his three months, and maybe what Gu- uh-huh. what Gus has preferred plan was that he'd have two chemists in his stock i think so um walt's dead if he walks away sure but i think he survives if he says yeah i'll cook for another six months i'll cook for another we're all five cooking years. definitely yeah. yeah because then you know uh gus has got his backup yeah and i think that's part of the plan he he wants to uh ingratiate gail into walt's uh influence here which again that's really speaks highly of gus's plans because they're yeah. wheels within wheels all the time he wins when he loses. And I think that's warranted to to kind of see the wheels that we don't necessarily that, that aren't super prominent. And they're not because exactly of the, spelled out, yeah. Because of the way that things go in the future. We yeah. know that Gus is that kind of man. And so. we really only get, especially in season three, we we don't get Gus's side of it. Yeah. So, you know, in season four we get a little bit more because Jesse gets into that and that's kind of his vector into that and and mike but we don't really ever get to hear him give like monologues about what his grand scheme plan is 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 going to be we have to piece it together but yeah i'm I'm getting a more nuanced appreciation for gus like i felt like a lot of in season four a lot of gus was kind of retconning and like okay well we'll take what giancarlo gave us but maybe that's true but man in retrospect there's a lot he's like criminal genius right off the bat yeah there's, there's a reason why he's such a big dealer. No one's found him out. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I tell you what, it was cool to see the, the Breaking Bad wind up so beautifully, but Gus is the best villain this show ever had. Like the neo-Nazis yeah. are a significant drop in interest <laughs> yeah. and quality. Uh-huh. Like Mike is an interesting foil in season five, but once he's gone, it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, there's like Declan. Declan's not... No. A good villain? No. Lydia? Lydia's not no. a real villain. No. None of those people are. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't... I, I, I'm i not saying that I didn't appreciate the last season of Breaking Bad and it wasn't phenomenal television. But it's different. It's not about, like, who is he going to fight next. It's about, is he going to get out of this? I, is, I, but I'm still saying that if Breaking Bad signed off at the end of season four with I won, yeah. it still goes down as the greatest show in television and one of the most beautiful endings, period. Yeah, yeah. I think I wonder if they planned it that way. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like they had the juice to go forward with another season. Um, I think so. Yeah. But that was like a really bold move. Like, and I remember we was talking about it. Like, 
when you end things so beautifully and then you come back to end it again, like that's really a ballsy move. And again, it paid off because, mm-hmm. you know, Breaking Bad really exploded in terms of popularity and, and they nailed the landing. But I don't know, Gus, I, I feel like season three and season four, it might be peak, peak uh, yeah, Breaking Bad. I agree. I agree. And season five is a continuation of that with higher stakes and less interesting villains. Yeah, it, it almost feels like... It, and really, it's the Hank... I guess, do you prefer the duel between Hank and Gus or Hank versus Walt? I mean, I don't know. I view I view season four as a Walt versus Gus. That's what I'm saying. Season five was... Oh, you said And Hank really, so it goes... So okay. season three versus four yeah, is yeah. essentially Walt versus Gus. Mm-hmm. Season 5A is Walt versus Mike. Yeah. Yeah, for the battle of Jesse's soul. Five B and C five B is Walt versus Hank. I mean, and the, like the Walt versus Hank moment is so amazing. Yeah, um, that it almost makes the season by itself. Right, frankly, just the lead up to that. Sure. Uh, to Ozymandias. Plus that that brings in all five seasons worth of history into that final battle, which yeah. elevates it and makes it just like very operatic. But it's damn hard to beat Gus Fring. Gus Fring is just a terrific, yeah. terrific character. I agree. I agree. Uh, one other thing. We meet Joe for the first time. He's like oh, yeah. an upgraded Coover or whatever the hell his name uh, he's is. He's a genius with electromagnets. And La- Larry Hankin, who plays, has made a career playing weirdos. Yeah. Uh, did you suspect he'd become a relatively important recurring character? No. I mean, he's essentially Walt's, uh, what do you call that? Like, uh, you know, he's his Q. Okay. James Bond equivalent mm-hmm. of Q. Yep. He comes up with the... Uh, the gadget to he's the Bonnie to the race hard to drives. Michael Knight. You know, he he, he comes up with all the uh-huh. he's the gadget guy. You know, if you need a giant ass electromagnet or some, you know, a, a RV crushed and dismantled, that's Joe's the guy you see. Yeah, I assumed he was going to be like the guy who owned the lot where the RV was being stored before. I didn't get a chance to listen to the uh, insider cast. I wonder if Joe was in as a reference to Pulp Fiction's Monster Joe. I don't know. Because he's the guy that runs the junkyard to gets rid of questionable things in there. And yeah. we never get to meet Joe. We just meet Joe's daughter. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Maybe. Villigan likes his pop culture. And he does like the Tarantino stuff. I know he's yeah. done some visual styles and stuff to ape him. So I think. For I, sure. I'll, maybe, maybe I'll listen to that and then give a report later on. But yeah, that's all we got. All right. Cool. Well, then uh, I guess we'll see everybody next week. Yep.